Christmas is a coming and the egg is in the nog. Please to give a friendly man a friendly little dog. If you haven't got a friendly dog, a friendly cat will do. And if you haven't got a friendly cat, may God bless you. We are almost at Christmas and this is Goodbye Mellow Brick Road. I'm still not sure if I'm legally allowed to sing the title as Elton John would. I'll, I'll try to find that out. But I know I said we were going to come back after Christmas with a second episode of this thing. But I saw Star Wars The Last Jedi yesterday with my roommate slash soon-to-be, potentially currently, communications major slash McDonald's employee slash Star Wars fan, Locke, making his podcast debut. Alex Locke, some refer to him in some circles, and he's on the line with me now. Hi, Locke. Hey, Dave. How's it going? I'm, I'm, I'm great. Thanks for having me. Uh, we are We are in... A mode right now where two hours ago, uh, 24 hours ago today, right now, we saw The Last Jedi, didn't we? Yes, we did. Just last night. And uh, if you haven't seen Star Wars The Last Jedi, the latest installment in the titular aforementioned Star Wars franchise, then there's going to be spoilers, so probably don't listen to this unless you don't really give a fuck. Then go right ahead and do whatever you want, but one, two, three, four... Five, if you're still listening, then I assume you're okay with spoilers. Six, seven, eight, nine, and ten. So, I've heard that you are lukewarm about this movie. Are you? How do you feel? Uh, too many... I think the big thing for me is it's too many plot holes, not enough things explained. Um, Snoke, as a character, was very disappointing just as a character the fact that his background wasn't really explained at all um luke's death was also rather disappointing i'm not sure if it really is even a death or if it's just him fading away i'm not really sure what to call it exactly but whatever it was is was also disappointing and finally the the whole subplot with finn and rose was it just felt unnecessary and kind of forced and i didn't like that much either with snoke do you think we'll get a snoke prequel solo movie like we have with han solo right now well every single character is going to get one so you know Greedo's going to get his own uh boba fett will get his own jango fett grievous so, so grievous as well you can't forget about that'll, grievous, be, that'll yeah. be i'll see that one of course i think everybody's gonna see that one and uh so with with luke i'll agree like I think what I saw it as was he was not so much dying as he was going to the next level. But uh, it did it did feel like it was sort of tacked on instead of an actual like logistical next step of the story. So do you think he's going to come back in some shape or form? I could Is see him being like a big part of the next movie, like but as like a ghost. Mm-hmm. So like like Yoda was in Empire. Right. Like he'll be. I feel like he'll be a big part of it, and but he will. Well, maybe not necessarily a big part of it, but I think he'll. I think he'll have a role. For sure. I don't think the problem was as much as him dying. It's just it was the way he died. It wasn't... My problem wasn't the fact that he died. I had a feeling, but... I did like how he was looking at the the two sons. That was cool. That was a cool little touch. It was, but... I felt that he should have died on the battlefield. I felt that would have been a more appropriate and ceremonious death, I guess, if that makes any sense. Would it have been too much for the audience to ever like Kylo Ren potentially ever again if he killed both of them back to back? 
people would have hated him more as a character and i think that's what makes a good character is if you get a reaction like that from the audience you know that you hate the character so much that you want to see them lose i think that's a good thing because you're you're getting a response from the audience that was another interesting type thing where i i assumed he was on going to be uh it was going to be a redemption arc for him and he was gonna like when he started fighting side by side by with, with ray i was like this is so cool and then he kind of went back towards the other way which i think it might be a better move for the character instead of turning him to the good side. The safe move would have been to have him be redeemed, you know, come to the light side, and and there you go. I think it makes for a much more interesting story um, the way they did it, where he was, it seemed like he was coming to the light side, but in reality he was just, he just wanted the throne for himself, essentially. As for the, the Finn and uh, uh, Rose thing, I, like... Like, it definitely, I think it was, like, the part of Star Wars, like, the war part, where it was, like, that, it was putting the war in Star Wars, like, that's how they kept that part going, but it did feel like I just didn't care about that, no, anywhere near as much as I cared about Rey's story, and when Finn was hurtling towards the death, I was like, this is fine, I'm okay with this. I think, I think Leia and, um, and Han made for a better love story than Finn and Rose. There's just didn't seem forced they just seemed natural i i couldn't even fathom the idea that that was being set up as a love story the whole time i know me and you both wanted for for finn to <laughs> crash a ship into the um that would have been badass the, it, it felt right laser. yeah yeah exactly it would have been a bold all, move because then all of a sudden you care more about finn that's like that's a very big thing for him to do so you know even though he's dead we care more about him now that he's dead rather than when he's alive because he just doesn't seem as important of a character as Poe or Ray. No, he just, like, they seem very, like, Poe's like the Han Solo type guy. Ray is like the ruler of this new trilogy. Finn felt like his character arc was over in the previous movie. And it, there, if, from the first movie, it seemed like there was something between the two of them, between Finn and Ray, but I think that also kind of just died down. I guess they were trying to go for something there, but it kind of just disappeared. It was sort of like a. They they split them up, so like it almost made it impossible for them to move forward at all. And it seemed like Finn kind of just forgot about her. Maybe not forgot, but it just he didn't really seem as concerned about her as he was. Overall, though, I'd say, pretty good movie. I know I put it above Force Awakens. Uh, I might even put it above the original Star Wars. I'm not sure yet because, I said the same about Force Awakens, and that kind of settled a little bit below it. But right now, I have it only behind Empire. You probably have it behind, I think, Return of the Jedi is your favorite, right? Right, I I do. I have the original three above it. I have The Force Awakens above it. And I also have Revenge of the Sith above it as well. Ooh. So a bit of a let... But you like Revenge of the Sith, so it's not as big a letdown as other people might think it is. It's not... It, it wasn't a let... It was a quality movie. It was exciting and fun to watch. There were a lot of exciting parts, especially like the, um, the fight... The, the scene with... Uh, Ray and uh, Kylo Ren, the battle scene. That was the probably the best of part the, of the movie. I think I think so too. It was well crafted. Um, just the fight scene in, in itself was well done, much better than anything that was done in um, the Force Awakens. It just felt like a like a natural fight. You know, like in the in the prequels, the fights were sort of overdone and overboard. And but this one didn't feel as overboard. It just it felt natural and it felt. It was exhilarating to watch. It was exciting to watch. It was like 
I felt myself like in the hands of Ryan Johnson and I truly had no idea where it was going next. So that was, it was a really, it was a thrilling feeling. It was because you've never really seen two Jedi fight in sync like that before in in one of the, in in the movies. So it it was was interesting that neither of them decided to use the force during that fight. I guess they really didn't need to. She was in trouble at one point. I remember she was out there like killed by the, the knife lightsaber thing. And then he came and saved her or whatever happened. Yeah. I guess we'll have to see where J.J. Abrams takes us in this conclusion of the Skywalker saga. Oh boy, I really hope he doesn't play it safe. <laughs> well, I guess Good. since this is like, they're doing that new trilogy with Ryan Johnson and they're doing all these like spin-off movies, like this could very well be like the last one of like the main series, so maybe all bets are off. Hopefully, um, I'm not, I can't really think of what they want to do, what Ryan Johnson wants to do with the new trilogy. I can't really think of where it's they're just, to go forward. It's, it just seems like it'd be more of the same. It's probably you know, not going to have anything new... to do with the Skywalker, since if Carrie Fisher is going to be written out in like a death type thing, then Kylo Ren's going to be the last technical Skywalker. So it might just move away from all of that. It, it makes sense, yeah. Well, if you haven't seen it, definitely check out Star Wars The Last Jedi. I think it was enhanced on the big screen, but we're also going to be, in this episode, draft, uh, not so much, well, I guess kind of, to an extent, we'll be doing our top five characters from the Star Wars franchise, and and that includes whoever you want, really. It could be movies or Clone Wars or comic books or whatever the fuck you feel like, but uh, probably... Well, you won't. You'll probably know most of the characters. I presume. I know you might go a little deeper. I know mine are probably mainstream. But let's kick it off. Who's who is your who is your fifth favorite Star Wars character? Uh, Chewbacca. 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 Nice. That's my number five. Yep. How do you, what what makes you put Chewbacca at number five? It's in the the galaxy, the Star Wars galaxy. It it seems like loyalty is hard to come by, and it seems like. You can't really gain any... It's hard to gain somebody's trust. It seems like there's a lot of deception within the galaxy. And that's what makes Chewbacca so great. Is just of how much he cared for Han Solo. How much of a great first mate to the Millennium Falcon Millennium Falcon he was. Just, and he provided some comic relief. Especially in the, um, in the new movie, The Last Jedi. And so that's why I have him at number five. It is like when... Han Solo dies in The Force Awakens. You, uh... Like, they... I think like they mostly went for how you should feel about... Like, Rey's reaction to it, or Finn's reaction to it, or Leia's, even. And all these human characters. But Chewbacca's was the one that you're looking for. That's his... That's his first mate, and... That was the heartbreaking one, when he just screams and shoots at Kylo Ren. Yeah, he didn't hesitate at all, and I thought that was great. <laughs> He's like, just fuck you, Kylo. Yeah, I wish... Should have shot him a little more. Could have killed him. Chewbacca could have been the the unsung hero. He did like, and it was that shot that ends up like giving Ray and Finn like a chance against him at the end. Exactly, and then he comes out of nowhere at the end and rescues them both. If you think about it, so it's really the like, whole thing was cl- the whole planet was ready to explode, and you know if he didn't show up in time, they would have been they would have been gone. He's never on the posters, but he's always like, where would they be without him? Exactly. There's a lot of different things could have happened a lot differently if Chewbacca wasn't around. That's for sure. 
it's a good pick. I'm, and it's definitely one of the ones that is culturally relevant, and I'm not going to knock it. He's not in my top five, but it's a good pick. For my number five, I put I put a Kylo Ren. Uh, maybe it's recency bias, maybe it's not, but I'm really interested to see where he's going as a villain. He's been, like, I think Adam Driver is just, just crushing it as Kylo Ren. It's been really interesting to watch this progression so far. And like we said, we talked about it, it's like a subversion of a lot of different expectations you might have about the potential redemption arc and he just he's like this little bitch who just like won't give up and i think it's been really compelling to watch him go through all these interactions with ray where like he didn't really hate ray like he wanted to work with her and all these it's like he's a very he's very intricate and nuanced complex type character which is more than most star wars like even darth vader like in the first, like, obviously, he ended up being very complex, but initially, he's just, like, a villain, and he's faceless, and it's just this guy, and you don't really know much about him, all you know is that he's evil, and right out of the gate, Kylo Ren has been different, and I I'm, I appreciate it. You a fan of Kylo think, Ren? Do you, th- do you think that he'll end up more like a Darth Vader type in the last movie, or more like a, a Sidious type, because it's either he gets redeemed, like Darth Vader, or he, there's no turning back there's no it's just full commitment to the dark side like Sidious what do you think I feel like if they were gonna go with the redemption route they were they, it would have happened in this movie and it would have happened in, with Ray. and since it didn't happen I don't think they're going back on it I think he's just gonna be like the bad guy in the next movie he's just gonna be the one to stop now that Snoke is gone and Hux apparently is just a little little like pig boy it's just going to be all Kylo Ren. That's going to be... I think they're just going to commit fully to him being just horrible. I wouldn't be surprised if Hux, like, shot him or something in the next movie. I definitely... The Hux character progression was not one that I expected. Because in the first... Like, the first one, he's just, like, a general. Like, just hanging around, mucking around, doing fucking general shit. And then this one, he's, like... He, like, worships Snoke. And he's, like, his little little baby boy. And he loves him so much. He was He was much more developed in this movie than he was the last we got to see more of him which is which was good i can only assume that hux must be your number four character my number four character is unfortunately not hux he's probably like number 35 36 or something <laughs> it's fair i'd probably put like the stormtroopers above him just a little bit the, all the stormtroopers are just like the prince harry one i, I consider the stormtroopers to be very important to the movie are they the one movies. character I'm not sure what, like, yeah, I would, I would say like so. The idea not, of like, a stormtrooper? Yeah, there's not really one specific stormtrooper that really stands out from the rest, other than, like, what they look like, really. So they're all just faceless, but it's just more just the idea of the stormtrooper itself. I dig how it. How loyal they are and how they are really bad at shooting. You know, some would say that Nazis were also loyal. I guess the stormtroopers are like the Nazis, in a way. Death Eaters. Kind of. You know, just faceless servants that will do anything that their masters tell them to do. Like Hux. Yeah, just like Hux. I bet, he got, I bet Snoke pissed on Hux, do you think? Like, in like a sexual way? In a degrading way. I'd like to think it was more of like a sexual way. I feel like at one point there was something between the two. Okay, I can. That, maybe that's where the scar in his head came from. From like rough sex. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, 
<laughs> Your number yeah. four. For my number four, I had uh, I had Ray. I like Ray it. Is my number four. Mm-hmm. Ray's great. Why do you love just Ray? The, just the finally introducing a lead female character um, into the movie was, I think, a fantastic idea, especially for such a popular franchise. It couldn't have been a better choice, really, because um, if you're the main character of a Star Wars movie, that, that means you know you have heroic qualities. You're self-reliant, um, willing to help others. You know, and she possesses all those qualities. Um, and so that's what makes her my number four. It's an interesting pick. Do you say, like, uh, you like it because there's finally a lead woman character in the Star Wars movies, but you're, you are known to be alt-right, so it's interesting that you'd say that. Uh, let the record show that I'm not known to be alt-right at all. Were you at, were you in Charlottesville? I was not in Charlottesville. Be that as it may, Ray is the best. I love her so much. I'm, she's, I'm all in on her and her story. Daisy really is amazing. She's so good. She's a star. Ray's a star. Wars. She's a, fa- she's a fantastic actress. I, I just, I don't know what it is. Like, I think they just like took the hero's journey. Like Luke Skywalker is like a great example of the hero's journey. And they took that and like Luke is great, but he's a little bit gen. I don't. I don't know if generic is the right word, but he's just a little bit, like. Like, I don't. I don't know what the word would be, but he's just very. He's very very straight edge, and he's what you would expect. And he's he does the right thing. He gets into a little bit of trouble, and he's like he's great in this movie. Like in the original trilogy, I mean, he's like, he he goes through the natural progression, but something about Ray is like they created the perfect character, and they just did such a great job with her. Which is even though the Force Awakens. I think played it a little bit safe. They did a great job in doing that because it allowed them to create these characters who you were ready. You're like, as soon as this movie started, I'm like, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go with all of them. Let's go. And that's, I think that was the crown jewel and Ray is obviously the best example of that. I agree. With my number four, I went with, uh, this might be a little bit because I'm a little bit biased towards my love of Ewan McGregor, but I picked Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, it might be, it might not be a great choice because most most of what we get of Obi Wan is in the prequels. But I think he is, um, uh, he's very powerful, but he's not too powerful, and he's a uh, wise but not too wise, and he really is just looking to do right. Maybe not even by the galaxy, but the he wants to do right by the people he knows and loves, and. I think that makes him more of an interesting guide figure than some other Star Wars type guides or teachers or mentors where he, like whereas Qui-Gon would fit the sort of mentor you'd expect, Obi-Wan is like the mentor you need, if that makes any sense. I would would go ahead and say that in some ways Qui-Gon was a better mentor to Obi-Wan than Obi-Wan was to Anakin. I would, I, I'd, I'd, I'd agree. I think, I don't think Obi Obi Wan is completely blameless for what happens to Anakin. Yeah, but you know, Qui Gon's also to blame for essentially ruining the galaxy. If you think about it, so I guess both true. Of them have their flaws, <laughs> like, but both both of them also have their their positives. You, I wish that they would. They should mention the Qui Gon at some point. Like, hey, remember that guy? Like, he kind of fucked everything up for us. Ah, well, he's a Jedi hero. 
they I know in uh, Revenge of the Sith, he was towards the end. He was mentioned. He was like, "Oh, Yoda's going to teach Obi Wan how to, to talk to him again," but that was never really. None of that was really talked about in the original trilogy, so I guess they decided just to throw that in at the end and never really talk about it ever again. Maybe they'll explain it in the the Obi Wan. That's true. I could definitely see that coming into play. Yeah, I was kind of like, I was when they they mentioned Sidious in this movie, and I thought that was like that's a that's kind of a cool callback, and I was like, who knows? Maybe they'll call back to Mister Windu, but I don't know. Maybe they're trying to leave those at like in a different space. I was I thought that Sidious was Snoke at first. Thought maybe like somehow he survived that <laughs> fall and came back so disformed and. Just disgusting, and that's what Snoke was. But I guess I was wrong. Or maybe they'll be like, "Hey, remember that guy that died? You know, he was actually Sidious." And everyone will be like, "Oh, well, that could have been done better." And then, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, it's just like it's in the opening crawl. <laughs> just one line in the opening crawl. Never talk about it ever again. They could retcon whatever they want in the opening crawl, like Han Solo fell when he was stabbed and he landed on Lando's ship and now here he is and then they just cut right to him. They but do... Lando's still not in the movie. It's just, <laughs> it's just hot. He's a stunt double. And you never get to see like a full shot of his face. You just get in passing. It's like, oh, there goes, oh, you just missed Lando. And he's like, oh, shit. I just missed him. Like a little black guy just like half on screen. That's something that they'll end up doing with, uh, with Leia in, in the next film. <laughs> oh, you just missed her. She was just she was just <laughs> passing through. That'll be interesting to see how they handle that. Speaking of Leia, though, is she your number three? Close, in Ooh. a way. My number three is Han. Han Solo is my number three. The companion of Leia. Lover, if you may, if you will. Father of Kylo. I mean, Han Solo, he's... There's really no explanation is needed because everyone knows how great he is. But for shits and giggles, why'd you what'd you get? What, what's Han Solo doing there at number three? I think exactly the way you just said it. You don't really like. Isn't it obvious why he's up there on my list? He's easily, I'd cool, say, calm and collected. Uh, just, definitely the coolest character. Oh, of course, by by far. You know, just he's a pilot slash smuggler flying across the galaxy with a big. Roaring Bear. You know, it doesn't really get much cooler than that. Cool he, ship. Suave. He's a, basically a cool pirate. Haircut. Cool haircut, you know. He, he like, the... becomes a hero. Exactly. I, like, uh... I'll always remember, like, the first time... It'll be hard to recapture the feeling, but when I, the first time I saw the trailer for The Force Awakens, when he says, it's true, the all of it, the Jedi or whatever, that line was... Gave me a lot. It, it was very chilling to hear. It was just. It felt like time had passed. Exactly. He went from somebody that didn't really have a care about anything, only really cared about himself, and didn't believe in the force, didn't have anybody to you know care about to love or anything, and he came a long way from being that person to the person he ended up being in the Force Awakens. It's definitely like. It's. It's, he's sort of like, I know people say, like, it's an archetype, what his character is, like, the, 
witty, wisecracking, cool, outlaw, good bad type guy. Like, but I feel like the Han Solo character is the one that perfected that character model. I would agree. He's great. For my number three, I have, and I, he would not be number three if it wasn't for the Last Jedi. But I put Yoda at number three. Uh, he is, and obviously, if I assume the people have stopped listening to this, if they don't want spoilers, but just in case you're still listening for some reason and you really are thinking about not getting spoiled, don't listen to this. I think my the Kylo Ren race fight is obviously my favorite, but a low key this Yoda scene in the Last Jedi is so good and so perfect and so unexpected because when they did the force awakens they had han and leia and luke and chewbacca and r2 and c3po and i'm sure i'm forgetting somebody like but that's basically the core and when they had those characters come back i was like okay these are the only ones that they're going to address going forward these this is it they're not going to bring back like fucking like skeet scoot or fucko or whatever the characters are these are, these are the ones they're doing. And when when Yoda... Like, when they pan across the screen... I was I think I was leaning over it and telling you a joke during when this happened. And you shushed me. And I was like, how dare you shush me? I, I, I take offense to this. And I looked back at the screen and I saw... It was just the outline of a little little round head with big ears. And I was like, oh shit. I deserve to be shushed because this is amazing. I can't believe he's back. I'm all in. I can't believe I forgot how much I love him and how great a character he is. This is awesome. And the whole scene, I don't even remember what was said. I need to go back and rewatch this scene because I was just giddy the whole time. It was great. I think he reminded me more of the Yoda from the original trilogy more than the Yoda from the, the prequels. Just wiser and you obviously tell he's just much older. and He's just fucking around with Luke. Exactly. It's like he's losing his mind. It's like he doesn't really <laughs> care about anything anymore. Like he doesn't really care about those books at all. He didn't give a single fuck that the 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 tree was burning at all in like the in the prequels he's just a cgi doing flips and it's not really yoda but i guess it's younger so whatever but this is like this is the yoda that this is the og one and the guy frank oz came back it was awesome a puppet the 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 character in the movie seemed more like the puppet version than i think it was the puppet you think so? Because it looked like it more than it did the, the CGI character from the pre- prequels. If it's not the puppet, then the CGI has just gotten amazing. I think it's because the puppet thing made it made Yoda look older. So I'm not sure if they just made it look like it was the puppet or if it was the puppet. But either way, I think the character looked the way it was supposed to. And there's been a lot of people criticizing the movie for not taking enough chances. Or, no... It's, it's been criticized for taking too many chances. And they wanted more traditionalism in this movie. And I just don't know how you can't be satisfied with that Yoda scene of, if you want traditionalism, like, it was just a perfect idea to bring him back for that moment. I thought it was just... And, like, the fact that we when we saw that, we're never going to see that for the first time again. So the last time we saw Yoda, like, in the chronology of this, the last time we saw Yoda was... like He does show up in Return of the Jedi, right? But, like, as a ghost. And, he passes. He passes away. In it. Yeah. Right. So that's we weren't even alive then. So for our entire lives, we have not had a Yoda since then. So this is the the first time we'll ever see him like this. And I don't know. It just felt kind of indescribable, and I thought it was really cool. 
I don't know if I'm making sense. No, you no, you made perfect sense. No, it's the the Yoda from the prequels isn't the Yoda that we're we we need we we have like we should have we should have the Yoda from the original trilogies. So it makes sense what you're saying. It's just it was a special moment, I think, and like the way Luke interacted with him was great, and I think that must have been really special for Mark Hamill. Depending on whether it was the puppet or not, but even then, even still, just seeing that must have just been really cool for him. It was. It was probably this. I'll, I'll still say that the the fight scene was probably the best one in the movie, but I think the Yoda one is a close second for sure. It's definitely up there. Like he he gets to reunite with all these characters: Chewbacca, R two, he winks at C three PO, Leia. That's all great. So and especially him now with Han Solo, like Harrison Ford's not part of it. Carrie Fisher obviously died. It must be weird for him, but it also must be bittersweet just to work with these people again, work with Yoda again, but it also must be really sad because he knows it's not his time anymore. And, well, now that that I've gotten myself all worked up about this, what is your number two pick? Are we in number two? Yeah, we are. Yeah, yep, we are. My number two is Anakin. Okay, this is one I definitely don't have in my top five, but I'm I'm interested in this. Is it Anakin or is it... Darth Vader, or is it, like, obviously you're including both iterations of him, I presume? It's just Anakin. Just, so... Just Anakin. From the prequels, just Anakin, or from the whole movies? Um, well, I guess Anakin... Well, Anakin technically appears in four movies, right? So, <laughs> yeah, true. For, for, so, for this, though, it's just, just Anakin. Not Darth I, Vader. I consider Anakin... Not Darth Vader, no. Okay. Anakin and Darth Vader are two different people. So yeah. now I definitely have to hear the reasoning for this. So it's not so much the character for me or you know, the way that Hayden Christensen portrayed him as much as just the story of Anakin is just so interesting to me. It's I've I've read about it so much, um, through you know, comics and books, you know, like ten years ago. It's just there's two it was just so interesting for me to read. I just I loved the, the idea of the character more than the way that character was portrayed in the movies. And I, I felt that it wasn't ultimately Hayden Christensen's fault, but more so George Lucas's fault on the way the character was portrayed in the movies. Cause the look of the character was great, but it's just, it was just the lines um, <laughs> were, were so bad. It just, it wasn't his fault at all. I feel like he could be a good actor, but I think George Lucas kind of just fucked him over in a way. So, but it's like again, like again, like I said, it's more the story of the character rather than the actual character himself, if that makes any sense at all. No, I get it because on paper, this idea of taking the story of one character and seeing him come of age, become a hero, turn, become the biggest villain in the universe, turn again, redeem himself save his family, and then lead that family on one last journey and be the reason that there's, like, one last shot at either saving or destroying the world in another three set of movies. On paper, that is the greatest... It tops the Godfather, it tops everything in terms of the greatest character development ever. And then the execution is a bit lacking, to say the least. Uh, but you're right, it is. it should have been the greatest character story of all time. And yeah, yeah. in terms of, like, story, it probably is. Just in the way it's executed on film, it might not be. It's, he, he went from a simple 
you know, a slave to this this villain, and then he still fulfilled the prophecy at the end. If you think about it, he was prophesized to save the Jedi and restore peace to the, the galaxy, and he did so. Like in a weird, twisted it. way, he was able to actually succeed. Exactly. Now, during this, the last Jedi, I heard you whisper multiple times. At whenever there was hinting towards a reveal of a character, you would hint multi- say multiple times. You'd whisper to yourself, "Anakin, Anakin," or "Hayden, Hayden Christensen, Hayden Christensen, Hayden Christensen." If he were to appear in Episode Nine, how do you think it would be conducted? Well, in Episode Eight, I was. I was. I think it was more hoping, rather that uh, Luke has some sort of intercom. Here's on one side. On one shoulder is Anakin, and on the other is Darth Vader. Um, but now that Luke's gone, I'm not sure how he could really um, fulfill. You know, be in the in the um, the ninth film. He doesn't. Anakin's not really the kind of character that can, is like wise, like Yoda is. I don't think he's the best person to go to for you know advice or helping uh, in bad situations, so I'm not sure if he really would fit in the next movie, but I honestly wouldn't mind if he came back. Is there That'd a potential really cool. for a cameo? Yeah, not even as like a ghost, just like as a, like a background <laughs> character or something. I would not mind He's just at all. a guy? Yeah, I wouldn't. <laughs> some guy like a bar or something. I wouldn't question it at all. I'd just go along with it, you know, and let it be. Maybe there'll be an epilogue type thing because it is his story. All nine of these, or technically, it's rooted in him. Maybe that he'll be part of an epilogue type deal. Hopefully, uh, we'll have to wait and see. But I wouldn't mind seeing something like that. Well, Anakin and not Darth Vader is certainly an interesting direction to go. But the reasoning was sound, so I respect it. For my number two, we've talked on it a little bit. I went with Han Solo, the coolest man in the galaxy. Uh, I really don't care if he shot first or not. He's just... The mystery of him is great. This is why I don't care about the Solo movie they're doing for his origin, because where he came from doesn't matter. It's who he becomes, which is one of the coolest characters to ever grace a movie screen. But whether or not that's Harrison Ford is regard- is irrelevant, because Han Solo is his own thing. Kind of like, um, in a way, like Rey as well. It doesn't really matter where she came from. I think it's better that we don't really know where she came from other than she had horrible parents. That's a good that was a good decision too to say that um to just be like you're nothing. Your parents weren't anything and you've always known that they're nothing because you're not special. You just have this and we don't know why you have it. You're just special and we don't know why because your parents were nothing and you're nobody. That was a cool decision because of 2 years of people speculating about who her parents are and it doesn't matter. She just is what she is. That was one of the um, criticisms of the movie that I saw online was the fact that they decided to say that she was nothing, that she came from nowhere. Um, and I didn't really understand the criticism of that at all. I think I agree with what you say. It's It doesn't really matter. It, it doesn't... Like, who cares? It doesn't matter where she came from at all. All that matters is that she's the hero. Exactly. And isn't that kind all. of... Isn't it a parallel with Anakin? Then he... We don't really know much about his parents. He was just a slave, right? Exactly. We don't know who his father is at all. And I don't think we ever will. It doesn't really matter now. Nor... It doesn't really matter, you know, if they decided to reveal it back in the old movies. It doesn't matter at all. I think... um, His... His mother... 
I felt should have been a little more developed as a character in The Phantom Menace, but yeah, oh well. Well, I'll I'll take up now that we're talking about this. I'll leave you the big climactic finish of this podcast, and I'll say what my number one is because we've been talking about Ray, and Ray is my number one. I think Last Jedi solidified it. She's just so I'm just her performance. The Daisy Ridley's performance is magnetic, and this character is. I just care so much about it, and I want to see where it's going in this last one. I love it so much. Ray is my favorite. And we've talked on her a lot, so now we've reached the number one choice for the Star Wars fan of the world. Who is your number one? I have a feeling I think I know who it is, but who is your number one? I think I think you do, but my number one is, um, is Greedo. <laughs> oh, that's... He was going to be my number one. I had to slide him down a couple of spots, though. <laughs> but really, my number one is is Darth Vader. It's my number one. Okay. See, I thought you were going to say Luke. So definitely, I'm interested to hear Darth Vader. Now, this is this is an interesting one. We had number two Anakin, number one Darth Vader. So this is... I'm, I, loved, I would love to hear this. Oh, I, I consider, like I said uh, earlier, Anakin and uh, Darth Vader are two different people they're two completely different people one's a a jedi the other's a half human half cyborg not really human at all if you think about it you know the, the kind of villain that he was he was so evil and just almost immoral he didn't really seem like a human at all that's why they're essentially two separate people um but i've never really felt um so so like felt so much love for a villain as much as Darth Vader. I don't think a villain's been no villain I think ever in movies has been done as well as Darth Vader has. He's just so badass and I think James Earl Jones' voice was one of the uh, biggest reasons why the character was so good. The the delivery of the lines just made him sound so menacing and so evil. It was just it was chilling when he would show up on the screen um, and just a fantastic character overall. So I've heard you, you, you seem to be the biggest advocate, I think for you just want, you were probably in this, in the last Jedi when they were just mowing down the escape pods of the resistance. You, you're probably the only one in the theater who was rooting for all of them to blow up and no one to survive because I disagree with you vehemently on this, but you want you want nothing more than the dark side to win, which is why I should have guessed that Darth Vader would have been your number one. But you it's, should. Ex- it's not so much for them, you know, to win. In, obviously, in the end, the light side is going to win, which is what I actually want in the end. But it'd be it'd be cool to uh, to see the dark side just kind of you know really take over and really make it seem like there's no hope at all, and end the movie in a way that is just makes you ask is the light side actually going to win or or not um i think that would make for a better movie um i personally thought that there was actually a small chance that kyla was going to kill ray you whispered it you're like do it or you said this would be the best movie ever if it happened or something like i knew it wasn't going to happen but that would have it would have made it the best movie of all time for sure if it if it did happen because That'd be such a crazy risk to take. Like, I wouldn't understand why people were pissed if that happened. But it didn't happen, so. 
he he was uh when he t- he started turning the lightsaber, I thought he was gonna stab himself, and I thought that would have been equally risky, especially since it would have helped Ray like not at all. <laughs> it would it wouldn't it wouldn't make much sense at that point. He <laughs> would come so far only just to kill himself. <laughs> it would it would have helped no one. Exactly. It yeah. would have just been like a little obstacle that Snoke would have to get over. <laughs> you know, I think Snoke and Ray would just pause and kind of just stare at each other for a second <laughs> and just wonder what the hell happened. It's, that's when the force goes wrong. Exactly. Okay, so we did any any honorable mentions that you have? I think we mentioned the stormtrooper a lot, <laughs> but you can't forget about the scout trooper from the Last Jedi. Sure. And they're and they're chasing the in the forest. Can't forget about them. All the like horse dogs. The horse dogs. Those, like, dog horse things? For which movie? Did you say The Last Jedi, or did you say Return of the Jedi? Did I say The Last Jedi? I think I meant, the Re- I think I meant Return of the Jedi, is what I meant. Okay, so those things that would just be mowed down by the uh, Ewoks? Yeah, like, the, they're, they're the, the, the two, like, stormtroopers that were on the, um, the speed bikes kind of thing. They're not really bikes, but they're like... <laughs> yeah, like the jet skis? Yeah, the speed, yeah, whatever the hell they were. Yeah, those were cool. I think they deserve an honorable mention as well. That's a good honorable mention. I'll put them in the show notes. Well, thank you for coming on this podcast. It was talking, talk. It's been an episode of talking, talking stwars, stwars. Is that what we should call it? We should call it stwars. I think we should call it galaxy wars. The sky knots. The red sky knots. Yeah, there, yeah. there's a ref. That's a 10-year-old reference for you. My number six pick. All of the Sky Knots. Honorable mention, Sky Knots, and Josh Peck and Drink Bell. You know Josh Peck is inside the BB-8 costume? I thought that was Bill Hader. He does the voices. Oh, true. Josh Peck's so, in there rolling around. So where, does, <laughs> so where does Drake Bell fit into the movie? Drake Bell was snoked. That's I think that... That raises more questions than it answers. It's why he bursts into like a rousing rendition of, uh, like a, a soft rock version of Jingle Bells. You should have had Drake Bell sponsor this episode with his new album. It'll sell more than like what, twelve copies? His last album had like two thousand copies sold. Something really bad. I I I'd argue that's very far away from platinum. Very, not even close to gold at all. I think plat- platinum's like what a million, and gold's like a hundred thousand. <laughs> so yeah, long ways to go. He's got the but maybe over, maybe over time. His album went tin. True, very fitting. Yeah. All right, well, Locke, thanks for being on the podcast. Of course, thank you. My first ever podcast. I think it went well. Thank you. Well, we'll leave that up to the viewers to decide. <laughs>